At our church, Jesus is Lord. That single belief calls us together as a community and sends us into our world with hope and purpose. At our church, your past will never define your future. There's always redemption, which means there's always a brighter day. At our church, we don't think we're better than any other church out there. We're just doing our best to become our best. At our church, we want you to believe in God, but we also want you to know that God believes in you. We are not against people who don't attend church anywhere. Instead, we pursue them with love, the very same love that's pursuing us. At our church, we're learning to serve God with all our hearts, and we're learning to worship Him with all our lives. And if you're looking for the perfect church, we're not it. At our church, we will make mistakes, but we will choose to grow from them. At our church, we're part of a global community that's knit together by the resurrection of Jesus. And by the way, at our church, we believe that really happened too. At our church, we will engage with people who are in real need because we are the hands and the feet of Christ. And finally, we need you to hear this loud and clear. At our church, it's not really our church at all. It's His. And we live and move and breathe in His church for His glory and His fame, not ours. So here's the invitation. You're invited to jump in with your whole heart at your own pace and to experience the life that awaits you in Christ. Friends, this is going to be good. Welcome to our church. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Church Online. Welcome, FCC family. Welcome, BCC family, as we are glad that you're here this morning uh, and that you're on time. That some people will jump on at some point, but you are here on time, which is, uh, which is awesome. Thank you for being, being here and being ready to receive what God has for us today. As we move into the last Sunday of our series entitled Keeping Christ in Christmas, and we're on the last Sunday of Advent before we, as we look forward to Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Before we move into the rest of the service, I want to make sure that those who can have the capability to, that you can share this, uh, this, this sermon, this series, this, this service, online service, right there on the app right here. So there's me right there. And then there's a share button if you're looking on your device, on your phone, or on your laptop, computer, wherever you there's a share button. Go ahead and hit share and type a message. Hey, join us on the service. We'd love to have you or check out this message this morning or the service this morning. That will be great. That will get more engagement online as there's people who aren't able to go to church in person. Then you can invite them to join in with us uh, here when we do it online service. You can also do the same thing on YouTube. So there's YouTube and Facebook where we're streaming to uh, right now. I want to make, before we get into the worship uh, presented by the Turpins, again, that you need to stick around for after, this, after the last worship song at the end of the service. Stick around. We have an announcement about Christmas Eve. So don't close out. You're going to miss information, and then you're going to email me and email David and Godfrey and Jason and us. What's going on, on Christmas Eve? Come stick around for after the worship, after the last worship song, after giving and tithing opportunity to present we will have information about what we're going to do for Christmas Eve. So I want to make sure I made that announcement. Uh, we are going to turn our hearts and minds to worship this morning. Uh, and again, we thank the Turpins who provided worship for us throughout the year. 
And using some of those, we're looking forward to recording new worship songs and more worship songs and including the FCC family as we move forward uh, to, we don't know how long this is going to last, but we're going to be prepared for it. So I'm going to pray for us as we turn our hearts and minds and to engage in worship. So I uh, ask you to do the same. Uh, as I close your eyes or bow your heads, prepare your hearts for us to, to meet God this morning. So let's pray. God, we thank you for the great God you are, how much you love us, Lord. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your patience. We thank you for the blessings that you are working on our behalf right now and the blessings that you have given us in the past, Lord. And Lord, we come before you knowing that we fall short time and time again of your glory, of your standard, Lord. We confess that to you, Lord, but we also confess that Jesus is Lord. And Lord, we come in knowing that we have hearts of expectancy to worship you, Lord. So Lord, we ask that you meet us here, right where we are, right in our homes, if we're, or in our beds, Lord, or in our cars, wherever we may be consuming this right now, Lord, that you meet us right here. You know what's going on in our lives. You know what's going on in our hearts, in our families, in our situations. But at the same time, when things are good or things are going tough, we want to worship you, knowing who you are in our lives. So God, Holy Spirit, move, speak. Let this prepare our hearts and minds for what you have for us the rest of the service as we look towards Christmas in expectancy of celebrating the gift of Jesus. Yes, all these things in your son's precious name. Amen and amen. Let's worship.
Awesome, 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 awesome. I love that song. It's an oldie but a goodie. Uh, God, give us clean hands and a pure heart. Uh, that is what we all long for. And uh, I am Dion Bolding. I'm the lead pastor of Bowie City Church. And we're here at First Christian Church. If you're your first, service, first time joining in with us, um, we are in partnership, two churches in one location, um, doing ministry and life together as the pandemic has brought us together and we'll see how God has for us for the future. But we're so grateful to be here and grateful that you're here, hoping you're ready to receive God's word today um, when it comes to, to Christmas. And know that we are less than a week away from actually Christmas. Christmas is Friday, right? Yes, Friday. I believe Christmas is Friday. So uh, if you haven't finished your Christmas shopping, like you're running out of time, uh, I know there's a lot of expectations expectations for Christmas presents and gifts that day. It's one of my favorite days of the year. So we're, we're marching forward to it. Again, I'm going to tell you, do not leave at the end of the service, at the end of worship. Uh, we have a message about Christmas Eve, how we're going to do Christmas Eve service. So don't, don't uh, sign off too fast because you want to hear that information. If you missed any of the sermon series that we're in entitled Keeping Christ in Christmas, you can go to our YouTube page, uh, youtube.com backslash Bowie City Church and look up any of the old or the, the sermons that have happened. Last week, Shep did a great job. Shai Leard, he did an awesome job preaching about God's love through the Christmas story. The week before that, I preached a message on hope. The Christmas story is full of hope. And then the first week was Pastor Martin that's here from um, FCC. He preached a great message about faith in the Christmas story as we've been using Advent as a way to preach through the Christmas story. So this morning, we're going to be preaching about joy. So you can go back through the archives and look at that. We're also going to go to our, our, our Facebook page there. And now you can go to the FCC's Facebook page. And we'll just have last week's, but I'll have this week's and last week. Uh, and, or the website. Not, not website. Not the Facebook page. We're working on that. Go to the website, and you can go to the archive of what we've been doing together as a church. Jason's there keeping me straight, uh, as usual. Uh, and so we're going to be camped in two main passages this morning. So go ahead and get your Bible out. Uh, and if it's on your device, you're going to have to use something else because you're watching the sermon. But go ahead and get your Bible. We're going to be Luke chapter 2. And then later in the sermon, it's going to be in 1 Thessalonians. Just want to give you a heads up. Um, and so Luke chapter 2 is the Christmas story. Is where in the Bible gives the, the most detail about the Christmas story. And we're going to be looking at joy. So when I'm reading these passages... Be looking for the joy that's going to be in this, in this, mas- in this message. So Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 15 says this. And when the shepherds living out in the field nearby, nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, and the angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising the Lord, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heavens and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them, they had gone and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord 
has told us about. Love this passage that it talks about joy. It talks about joy. So we're going to be talking about that this whole sermon, joy. So on the count of three, I want from the kids, from the youngest person, if they can talk to the oldest person to actually say the word joy or type it in the text box, please, or put a thumbs up or, or the, the praise hands or the clap hands or a smiley face that represents joy. So on the count of three, we're going to do a little engagement here. And for those who are here in person uh, to make the service go, count of three, going to say joy, type joy. Uh, it's actually we're talking about. One, two, three, joy, joy, joy. It makes me think of a certain movie, you know, from the 80s, had Eddie Murphy in it. Joy, joy. Man, there's nothing better than joy when it comes to the Christmas story. Joy. Joy to the world. You guys may have heard this. Christmas carols, one of the staples when it comes to Christmas carols and Christmas hymns. Joy to the world says this. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature sing. Jesus has come to the earth as king is to be worship and praise and honor. It goes on to say joy to the earth. The Savior reigns. Let men and their song employ the fields and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat with sounding joy. Jesus is ruling and reigning on earth. People are singing his praises and all the creation are echoing in and joining in in this praise. Then it goes on to say, Jesus, I'm sorry, it goes on to say, no more let sin and sorrow grow, nor thorns infest the ground. See, Jesus made his blessing flow far as the curse is found. He is putting an end to sin and suffering. Jesus is here to undo the curse that God placed on the earth as a result of Adam and Eve's sin. Thank you, Jesus. It goes on to say in that, in that hymn, he rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glory of his righteousness and the wonders of his love. Jesus is sitting on the throne and he is ruling and reigning the world. All the nations in the world will bow down before him and recognize his righteousness and love. Joy to the world. See, when Isaac Watts wrote this hymn in 1719, which is over 300 years, it's actually 301 years old, which is like, whew, when he wrote that over 300 years ago, he didn't write it as a Christmas song. What? He sing it as a Christmas song. See, matter of fact, it's actually published in a book called The Psalm of David Imitated in the Language of the New Testament. So he didn't write it as a Christmas carol. He wrote it as a prayer phrase to the 98th Psalm, to Psalm 98. So if you want to look at it, the Joy to the World, the hymn, and you take Psalm 98, they, there, it's a paraphrase of Psalm 98. And Psalm 98 is not talking about the first coming of Christ, which is Christmas. See, Psalm 98 is actually talking about the second coming of Christ. So Joy to the World is actually a song that was singing about the second coming of Christ. We sing it on Christmas, but it is not a Christmas carol. See, Jesus came, when Jesus came the first time, the earth did not receive her. The people did not receive him as king. 
This is not going to be on the screen, but John 1.11 says that he came to which his own, but his own did not receive him. See, when Jesus came the first time, he didn't come as a reigning savior. Isaiah 53 says that when he came, he came as a suffering servant. See, when Jesus came the first time, he didn't come to reverse the curse. No, he actually came the first time to atone for that curse. See, Jesus came as a baby to come and pay for that curse, to shed his blood for the curse of sin upon man and the earth. When Jesus came the first time, he didn't come to rule and reign on the earth. And that all comes a second time. See, it says this in John 18, 36. Jesus said, and he's talking to, to, uh, to Pilate here. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. See, Jesus did not come the first time like that. See, Jesus didn't come the first time to do everything that it says in joy to the world to him. See, the joy of the holy night that we get to talk about in the Christmas carol is not always about that silent night. See, when Jesus came brought joy in the world and silent night and all the other hymns we sing, it goes like, well, is that what he's really talking about? Is joy to the world since it's not about that first Christmas? Do, should we continue to sing it? And I would say, yes, continue to sing joy to the world. It's because of that first Christmas, that first coming of Christ, that we even can sing about the second coming of Christ. Oh, come on, somebody. I think if somebody, if people were here, they'd be saying amen. I can hear him. I can hear you saying it. It's because of Jesus, that first Christmas, that we get to look at the second coming. So when he wrote that hymn, it's about the second coming, but we still have joy about that first Christmas. Like I said, Silent Night is a wonderful Christmas song because it talks about the joy of the Christmas past. That joy of that holy night where God came to earth wrapped in flesh and presented it as a baby. Go tell it on a mountain. It's a wonderful Christmas song that talks about the present of Christmas joy, like the joy you have right now, the message that Jesus was born as a baby, lived a perfect life, had the perfect death, had the perfect resurrection, and is perfectly placed at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. Go tell people that Jesus was born. And not only just the, the message of that, of the, the gospel that is in Go Tell on a Mountain, but also the historical meaning that it has from, from the slavery times back here in America, a message of hope that it brought, a message of love that it brought. Go tell it. Hey, we're about to get our freedom. We're about to, we're about to go move and travel. The dual meaning that it has within the culture of, our, of my culture and the culture of America, Go Tell on a Mountain brings joy present joy. And then the carol go, I'm sorry, the carol joy to the world. This wonderful song, joy to the world, talks about the the future joy that we get to have because of the Christmas story that there's a time where Jesus will come and rule and reign. There's a time that's coming where he will remove the curse of sin and sorrow. There's a time coming where every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord, the joy 
of that is laid in that song, Joy to the World. So let me ask you a question. Do you have the trifocal view when it comes to the joy that Christmas brings? Now, look, I said trifocal, and I really just wrote it down. And I was like, I wonder if trifocal is a word, because I knew bifocal was a word. So I said trifocal, and I looked it up. It's actually a word. It's, it, I didn't make it up. Just put a hyphen in it, and trifocal, there you go. The Christmas story has joy in it, and I believe it has a three-part to it. It's a full circle of past, present, and future joy. Now, I'm not talking about the Christmas carol as we talk about the, if you know that story with, with the, the old guy, with Ebenezer Scrooge, who has the, the what is it, Christmas, the Christmas, the ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas present. And ghost, we're not talking about that. But there is joy that we can look back in the past. There is a Christmas joy for the present and one of the future. So that is where we're going to come from today. And it comes straight from the Bible. It comes straight from Scripture. So my question to you today is, do you have all three? I want you to know that you can if you don't. All you have to do is look through the three lenses when it comes to the joy of Christmas. So the first one is the joy of Christmas past. The joy of Christmas past. Now, look, most of the time when we talk about the joy of Christmas, we are talking about the past. This is the, what we normally, most people look back at is the Christmas past. We see Jesus in the manger. We see Joseph and Mary. We see the shepherds. We see sheep and cows and, and goats and llamas and camel and whatever else, donkeys. We see all the stuff, the imagery that we have about Christmas past. We see the three wise guys. I mean, the three wise men. I like wise guys better. Uh, it's probably, it was more than three for sure. But we see the three wise guys slash wise men. We have this imagery of the Christmas past. Last week, Shep showed a picture. I don't have it, but there's a picture that he showed up that is your, your, your traditional nativity scene. And that is where we turn our hearts and minds to when it comes to Christmas, when it comes to Christmas joy. We look there, and there's nothing wrong with that. But is that really what happened that first Christmas? Historically, Mm, mm, pretty close, but not. Like, we know that wise men visited Jesus, but they didn't visit him the day he was born. We know that Jesus was, there was no room for him at the end, but most likely he was born in Bethlehem with family and friends because everybody was going back to have be, the census be counted. Most likely he wasn't in a hotel. Why would Joseph go to a hotel in his own city? Most likely he went back home to his family or friends, his parents' home or brothers or somebody, and that since everybody was home, that he most likely, there was no room. They were late in arriving because he had to travel a little later when you're traveling, nine-month pregnant wife, uh, uh, fiance, wife betrothed to be married. So they traveled slower. By the time they got there, there was literally no room. It's kind of being like the last one that shows up and try to get one of the bedrooms that is in the, in, in, at your parents' house, and there all the bedrooms are spoken for. And so it was time for the baby to be born. There was no room for, no guest room for them. So they went down to where the animals stayed. And historically in Bethlehem, the animals were in the lower level, and the upper level is where everybody slept. And so they went down to the stable, but just below the house, had the space in the room to deliver a baby. Most likely, they were together with family and friends. 
So there's parts of the Christmas story that we know, like historically, like in the, the, what the imagery we have is not probably as accurate, and we are gonna, we're not going to conform to the patterns of the world, the commercialization of Christmas. We're going to be transformed by renewing our mind. We're going to use the truth and say, oh, thank you, God, that you have the Christmas story, and we get to know and understand it, not just what commercial presents. But Luke 2 gives us this, it tells us the story, and we just need to understand it a little better. But we know it's not your typical like, commercialization of Christmas. See, what happened that night, and what truly happened, like when we get really down to it, is that God gave his son. That God himself came in flesh. John 1.14 says this, And the word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we have seen the glory, the glory of the one and only son who was sent from the Father, full of grace and truth. We know that that Christmas day, that first Christmas, joy came into the world. And it came in the form of a baby that God became flesh. And this baby, who was full of God, fully God himself, was also fully man in every way. Why did this have to happen this way? Because it had to be. It says this in Hebrews 2.17. For this reason, he had, been, had to be made like them fully human in every way and in order that he might become a full a merciful and faithful high priest in the service to God and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people fully God fully man full flesh full God form of a baby so this baby this baby who was like all the other babies except for one thing He was born without a sin nature. Yes, Jesus had no sin nature. He was born without sin because he had not been passed through by human seed, by the the seed of man. See, because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. See, Joseph was there at his birth, but Joseph wasn't there at his conception because that is what was required for Jesus to be born without sin, to be passed down from Adam. This baby... This baby was God in flesh, conceived by the Holy Spirit, born without sin, Emmanuel, God with us, born as the angels told Joseph to save the people from their sins. This baby, this baby who was born to live a perfect life, not just a perfect life, but a sinless life. This baby who was born to endure every temptation, to go through every disappointment, to go through every pain and suffering that we have experienced ourselves. You don't think so? It says it in Hebrews 4.15. It says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. I hope you can take comfort and joy knowing that Jesus that walked this earth was tempted in every way that you have ever been tempted. Every single way. He has had the pain that you've ever experienced. He's had the same amount of pain, greater than we ever could experience. The same level of disappointment that you've gone through, Jesus has gone through times whatever number you want to put on it. Jesus knows what it means to be human. He has suffered. He's had disappointment. He's had friends turn his back on him. He's been tempted. 
He's been tried. He's been tested. But he never sinned. And I thank God that he didn't because now, because of that, this little baby lived so he can give his life. This baby was born to a life, a sinless life to live, who was born to die a cruel death and a death that he willingly went to the cross to in order to give us a relationship, in order to give us an opportunity to have a relationship with God that we could never earn for ourselves. No amount of personal devotion or sacrifice or, or giving or praying or any good deed that you feel like you could do could ever pay the amount of sin that you owe, the debt you owe because of your sin. Jesus gave his life. He died for you and me. Hebrews 9, 14 says this, how much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered him unblemished to God, cleansing our consciousness from the acts that leads to death so that we may serve the living God. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this world as a baby. There's joy in that. The joy that came that night in Bethlehem. The joy that we sing about during Christmas time. That joy of that Christmas past. That joy that God had come to the earth in flesh, providing a way for us to have salvation. There's joy in the Christmas past. And that's where a lot of us really cling to. And it's beautiful. But we know that's not it. And my fear, my, my, what I'm afraid is a lot of people stay there in the Christmas past. A lot of people stay with baby Jesus in the manger. A lot of people just stay with that joy. Like the only joy you can really have is looking back at the past. But that's not the case. If you find yourself there, really just looking at the past and having memories of the Christmas past or when you were a kid or maybe you had a rough as a kid. You just look at the Christmas story in the Bible and you say, that's where I find the joys in the Christmas story of the past. And I want to tell you there's more to it because the passage that we're going to talk about talks about a joy that you can have right now that the Christmas story has in it. See, there's a joy of Christmas present. Presently in Christmas, there's a joy it says this in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 22. It says this, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the Holy Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. Christmas present joy. Now, look, I didn't say Christmas presents. I know that a lot of, a lot of kids just perk their ears up when I say Christmas presents. They're like, Christmas presents? Now? Is it time? Is it time? Can we do it now? Can we like, just skip the whole like, six more days and just five more days and just do it now? Look, I, I'm excited for Christmas, too. I love Christmas just like anybody else. I look forward to Christmas like my kids look forward to it. They, they can't wait for Friday to get here and open up presents and gifts. It's fun. That is, that's the joy of Christmas. As we exchange gifts and know there's a reason why we're doing it, because the gifts that were exchanged for, for us were God giving a gift to the world, his son. 
But there is something that happens with that. That kind of fades away after a while. Like presents, you know, they, they wear out. The fun of the presents usually outlasts the, the cost of the presents to rebuild that, 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 that Christmas fund or the savings that you use to buy those presents or the charge card to pay it off or however you get your Christmas presents. Usually that takes longer to get back to the place you were before Christmas and, the, and spending on the, all the presents than it does actually enjoying and the fun of the presents. See, the presents wear out. The presents, they break. Sometimes the presents don't fit. I've learned to really do my due diligence if I'm going to buy my wife something to wear when it comes like I don't I don't want her to take it back I want to get it right I don't want to like just get the wrong size and she's like have you not learned it's been 17 years come on bro uh, have you not been listening all this time so I, I really work hard to like get the fit right when it comes to Christmas presents but sometimes they don't fit sometimes it's the wrong thing you ask for then other times it's exactly what you asked for. It's a, the right thing, the right color, the right toy, the right game, the right article of clothing, the right technical, the device, whatever it may be. It's right. Everything is right. But a few months later, it loses the excitement. And a few months later, the excitement that you saw in the commercial of that toy, of that present, of that game, just kind of loses its luster. It's not as fun. I can't tell you what I got for Christmas last year. I can, like, I can really try. I, when I was writing this, I'm like, oh, what did I get last year? And I felt bad that I couldn't remember. I, I eventually started to remember, oh, I got this hat. I got these shoes. I got this cologne. Like, I really started remembering, but I couldn't remember. Off top. And you asked me two years ago, no chance. Uh, but I do remember my favorite Christmas present as a kid was when my parents got me a My Buddy. I don't know if I'm dating my, I'm not that old, but. My buddy was a three-foot size doll that I carried around with me like it was my best friend. It was me and my buddy. I loved it, man. I carried that thing around everywhere I went. That's one of the Christmas presents I do remember and when my wife got me Guitar Hero because she told me they were sold out. And then there it was. I was like, <gasps> Guitar Hero. And I was a rock star for like 15 minutes. But it runs out. The joy of Christmas presents. That's not what I said. I said the joy of Christmas present. See, sometimes joy can have this difficult concept, and sometimes it's hard to wrap our minds around, our hearts around when it comes to Christmas joy, present joy. Because sometimes you might be in a place where you're just not happy. And joy isn't quite about happiness I know for a lot of you, Christmas this year is not the same. It's not the same for a lot of people around the world. We're not with the family that we used to be. We're not visiting family the way we used to have. We're not having the Christmas parties. The, the joy that we usually have of getting together, the joy of having this church be full of people worshiping together, it's just not here. And there's pain in that. There's pain in that there's some who have lost friends and families during this pandemic. And there's pain in that. And you don't feel the present Christmas joy. You've lost financially. You've lost relationships. You've lost health. It might be hard for you to feel the joy. 
but know this, that some of the people, I know some people that during the most miserable times in our life have the most joy that you can imagine. They've gone through some of the hardest things, like, the, like things I have not have experienced and hope I don't have to experience, just in miserable, miserable circumstances, have the most joy that you can see. Jason went on a mission trip, and he would go to a, just doing medical missions and reaching out to a family who just literally has barely anything. And the joy that they had is just mind-blowing. Yet we complain about minuscule things that we don't have. And then on the other side, I know some of the most miserable people who have it going for them in every single way you can think of. Joy doesn't have a lot to do with your circumstances. I say joy doesn't have anything to do with your circumstances. And Paul knew that when he wrote this in 1 Thessalonians to the church in Thessalonica. See, that is why Paul can write that. Paul can also write the same thing is not going to be on the screen in Philippians 4. Read Philippians 4 as he talks about joy in that. But he had learned to be content in every situation, in every circumstances, in every state that he was in. Whether he was on a mountaintop and having a mountaintop experience, which Paul rarely seemed to have in his life, or if he was being beaten and battered and bruised and stuck into a cold, damp hole with no clothes on, this is the same guy who writes, have joy. Paul's learned that by the grace of God to be content in everything and in all circumstances, And that is so powerful. So when Paul says this in verse 16, when he says rejoice always, and other translation says rejoice evermore, he means it. This guy has lived a life more in in horrible and hard situations that we could ever imagine. It's just not some phony smile because God loves you. Have anybody ever told you that? Smile, God loves you. And you're just like, I don't feel like smiling right now. And Paul says it's not about the smile. It's about the joy, this joy, this unspeakable joy. This is one thing that you can do is have joy. See, Paul was able to have it even when he was in prison more than once. See, Paul was able to have this joy even being beaten. More than once. See, Paul can have this joy even though he has been left for dead more than once because of the one who came that first Christmas day. See, the one who came to give him strength that came that first Christmas day. See, Jesus gave him that strength. Jesus gave him that joy. See, Jesus gave him contentment. Jesus gave him that joy that God ultimately wanted him to live and be fulfilled in his life. Jesus gave Paul that joy that is unspeakable. And my question to you is, have you ever experienced that kind of joy? Are you experiencing that kind of joy right now? Regardless of what's going on, I know the past may look better. Some Christmas times may look better in the past. But God is saying, you can have joy right now. I'm asking you, church, I'm asking you, do you have Christmas present joy? See, it's because of that first Christmas you can have that joy. 
because of that first Christmas, you can say, oh, that joy, God, I, I know what's going on in my life. I know what's going on in my world. I know I've lost a lot. I know I'm in lack, God. I know that I have needs that are not being met, God. But even still, I have joy, present joy. And there's nothing like it. So if you aren't experiencing that, guess what? I have good news for you. I have great news for you. You can have that present Christmas joy right now. How? How can you have it right now, today, and for every day to come? How? Well, verse 17 tells you how. Verse 17 says, pray continually. Other translations say, pray without ceasing. Ceasing. Always have an attitude of prayer. Having a season of dedicated, devoted prayer. I tell you, church, every day, and I'm going to say almost every day, 90-something percent of the, of the day, I start my day in prayer, just being grateful and thankful. For that's the next thing. How can you have joy in life right now? Start with prayer. But Paul continues on in verse 18. He says, and give thanks in all circumstances, in all circumstances for everything. And that is may seem difficult, but this is the man who wrote this, who went through things that I just laid out, who was telling you, telling the churches, any reader, that you can have joy in every circumstance. Not be joyful for everything that happens to you, but in the circumstances you're in, you can have joy. You can have joy when you find yourself in lack. You can be thankful you can be thankful. You're saying, Dione, I, I'm in lack. I'm saying, okay, well, you need to look at it different. Be thankful that God's even blessed you the, to the point where you are right now. You may say, Dione, I, I lost relationships. I lost, I lost my dad, my grandparents, my, my wife, my aunt and uncle. My, and you say, be thankful for every second that you did get to have with them. And be thankful that you're able to know them in memory. You can live in like, yes, there's pain. Paul went through pain. Yes, there's, there's this unsettled spirit in yourself about what's happening in your life in areas that's not going the way that you hope. But there's a thankfulness that can come from those situations. You give God thanks in everything. When things are bad, give God thanks because he's in control. Thank God for he is going to work things out for those who obey and love him for their good. Give thanks when things are bad. Good. It's an opportunity for God to do a work. Good. It's for an opportunity for me to be thankful for what God has done and relationships that I did have. Be thankful for the new ones to come. When things are going good in your life, give God thanks because God is in control. He's the one who made it and not we ourselves. Give God thanks when things are going well. He's the producer of the blessings of your life. How can you have joy right now in your life? Verse 19 tells you. It says, don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't put it out. Don't suppress it. Don't make the workings of the Holy Spirit go away. See, when the Holy Spirit prom it prompts you or convicts you or draws you, respond. Respond. Church, I, I, I used this analogy a couple years ago in a sermon I preached. But I had, I asked people questions. Do, do you get asked 
for money a lot. Like, I feel like I get asked for money a whole lot. And I just want to use a barometer. I just went around and asked my brother. I'm like, hey, does people ask you for money? He's like, oh, sometimes. And I asked Jason. Jason, do people ask you for money? He's kind of like, oh, I feel like, well, I don't have some time. I feel like it's very often. And it was bothering me. And I was like, God, why are you sending these people? I used to tell my wife, I feel like I have asked me for money tattooed invisibly across my head, and only those who can read it are those who need money. And I'm like, God, why are you sending these people? And he's like, because you have a problem. Oh, because you have a money problem, Dion. And, man, I would give, I would give clothes. If you need a clothes, I would give it to you. If you needed shoes, I would give it to you. If you needed food, I would give it to you. But when it came to money, I was just hesitant. And I would get bothered. I wouldn't get bothered if you asked me to borrow my TV, borrow my computer, my snowboard, my bicycle, my car. I wouldn't be bothered if you asked for money. I would have this like internal thing going on. And God's like, you've got a problem. You have a problem. So he convicted me. He said, okay. Well, no, I want you to do. I want you to carry money. Now, look, <laughs> I, I'm not talking about a lot of money. Don't nobody come at me. Like, if you come at me, I don't have much. I, I'm, if, but God was like, you need to, you need to be prepared to give. And I used to pride myself, not prideful, but being prepared. Prepare my, prepare my body. If I need to run, I can run. If I need to lift something heavy, I can lift something heavy. I prepare to give a message. I prepare to give a message. I prepare to give a prayer. I prepare myself in all these ways to give. But I wasn't preparing myself to giving of money. This is my own personal problem I was having. This is not even my notes. And God says, you need to prepare to give. So start carrying a little bit of cash with you. And when I say give, give. In church, I started doing that. I was leaving the Walmart the other day, and I don't give every time. I wait and listen to the Holy Spirit. That's just about quenching the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit says, stop and give, I have something to give. Now, sometimes I may even give money, but I can give a blessing. I can give a word of prayer. But move when the spirits don't quench us. You want present joy? Be ready to give. Do when the Holy Spirit says do. Move when he says move. Speak when he says meek. Speak. Don't say when he doesn't say, don't say anything. Be ready. Because when you do it, there's a joy that comes about it. When you give, when God calls you to give, there's a joy that comes. When you share that word, when God tells you to share it, there's a joy that comes. When you pray for somebody, when it's awkward, you pray for somebody, ram the stranger, when they, you say, can I pray for you? And it happens, there's a joy that happens when you move, when the Spirit says move. There's a joy we have as a church where we're able to move. When God says move, we don't like waiting. We don't like hemming and hawing. When God says move, move. When God's presenting opportunity, we make the most of every opportunity God gives us, that gives us present joy. And we're able to have that because of that first Christmas. Answer the Spirit when he speaks. Respond to him. Move when he prompts you without hesitation, without qualifications, without delay. How can you have joy in your life presently right now? Verse 20 tells you. Verse 20 says, listen, to the preacher. <laughs> listen, church, listen. I'm going to lean in a little bit. Lean in. I'm going to lean in. You lean into your screen or just listen to this. Listen to me. It says, listen to the prophecies. Don't reject them. Don't reject God's word is what it's saying. 
See, when the word of God is accurate and is prayfully led before you, like it's done anytime it's presented here at First Christian Church, if it's through myself, through Pastor Jason, Pastor Martin, if it's through Godfrey, it's through Shep, if it's through, through, through David, whoever it is, know that it's coming with accuracy and know that it's coming prayerfully. That you can go, oh, I want to hear, I want to understand, I want to lean into it. Don't reject. It says you want present joy, don't reject the word of the Lord. You need to listen eagerly. You need to listen with expectancy. You need to listen and come with a willing and clean and hungry heart for more of God's word. See, there's been times that I've gone into a service and I've gone in as a skeptic. I've gone in, I was like, I've heard about this church. I've heard about their worship experience. I've heard about their pastor. I've, and I've had this skeptic kind of, and I'm not saying that's bad. That's actually a good thing. You need to say, I want to make sure what they're saying, how they're worshiping, what they're doing is right and not right upon my own word, not right upon what a past pastor or preacher says. No, right because that's what God's word says. You need to test everything, everything I say, everything is set up on this pulpit or any sermon or any message or any Christian author or any music. You need to test it. Do not just reject it. Test it. And when you do that, you will find there's a joy in that. And I'm thankful and grateful for those who come up to me, sent me messages and emails and say, and not in a like condescending, just want to bash me way, but in a way that I own, I've read that verse, or you said this, and I think it really means that, or how about this, or you said that, and it really, it warms my heart. You may think it doesn't, but for me, one, because you tested it. One, you said, oh, does that really say? Does it? I, I love it, because you're not taking my word for it. You read the Bible, read it to understand it, not just from me, from anybody that's bringing a message. When you do that, you will find a joy in it because you will learn more of God's word. You have a better understanding and you have a joy of saying, I can listen, I can receive with authority from this church, from this congregation, from that pastor, from that minister, from that author, from that artist, because they're found to be in truth. Eagerly seek out what's going on and what's being presented to you so it can work in your life and you can apply it. And there's a joy that comes from that. Hold fast to what is good. The translation there, hold on to. Hold on to, hold fast. It's the strongest words that you can come up with when it comes to receiving a word prophetic word, when it receives coming words from somebody of a spiritual authority, it says, hold on to, hold fast to what is good. But that wording is not strong enough. If you do a deep dive study in that, it's more than just even cling on to. It's more than just hold on to. It's holding on to good teaching in a way that a prison holds on to prisoners. That is what it means. Like that you, that you take it and you keep it and you hold it and you don't let it go you don't let it have it a way for it to escape that is the strength of that when it says hold on when you hold on to good sound teaching and it's found to be true you tested it it brings joy into your life because you said i can lean on the promises of god though my i have sorrow it won't last always joy comes in the morning i can look towards it i can lean on it i can understand it and that allows me to have joy in every situation that I'm in. 
There's a joy in avoiding even the presence of evil. I've never seen anybody be joyful when they're, when they're in the midst of evil, when they're partaking anything evil. That's not joy. That is not God joy. They may be happy in doing things that are not of God. They may have a moment of pleasure, but that is not God-given joy. Now, I'm not saying that you need to become a legalist. I'm not saying that you need to, like, get a be legalistic when you're approached to life. God says he came to give you life and life abundantly, not came to give you a list of rules. No, what it means is that as you apply the teachings that's given to, to you through whatever avenue, if it's from First Christian, from Bowie City Church, from another pastor or author or that you follow, a professor, somebody that you look to for spiritual authority and, and counsel in your life, that you hold on to that, to that good teaching, and that you would avoid all kinds of evil, that you would be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That means that you would abstain from pride and you would give thanks to God from everything. That means that you would abstain from self-satisfaction, that you would move into an area of continually to pray, even more so. That is how you have joy right now, by focusing on prayer and thanksgiving and giving God worship and praise, and leaning on good and sound teaching, and staying away from things that are presenting evil to you, even in the worst circumstances you may find yourself in, you can have joy, present joy. And lastly, the last lens is joy of Christmas future. Let's look at the verses. This is verse 23 and 24 of 1 Thessalonians 5. It says this, May God himself the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, the one who calls you faithful, is faithful, and he will do it. That is the future. Because Jesus coming on that first Christmas day, we can look to the future and have joy. Do you want to have joy in your life? I can think of no greater joy than an assurance that God is in control. Oh, church, as I've been writing, as I've been, been internally struggling, because I, I personally have been having this, this, the pandemic has hurt our FCA, work with FCA Fellowship Christian Athlete, and it's hurt our budget thousands and thousands of dollars. And there's times where I'm like, God, when you, like, I was walking faith, I have no fear. And there's other times I'm like, God, what, what, what if we don't get, what if we don't get the money? What if, what if we don't recover from this? And then I go, God, is in control. And that brings me joy. Since God is not my problem, it's ultimately yours. If you see me, to, call me to it, you will see me through it and you provide everything I need. For me and my family and the ministry, you call to the same thing with the church. When we find ourselves not having a location, I was like, oh, God, you're going to provide it. He's looking for the joy of the future God providing. And other times I would go back and say, God, I don't know what we're going to do. He says, Diona, am I not in control? He said, yes, you are. Therefore, have joy in that. It is me who sees you through. It's me who will bring the blessings of the future. See, God knows our needs. You should have joy that he wants to provide and meet all your needs. See, God is not sitting back wondering, trying to figure out how he's going to meet your needs. 
God's not sitting back and trying to figure out right now how can he connect the dots for you in your life. Oh, God got a control. Oh, he knows. It's up to us to listen and obey. It's for us to stand true on his word. It's for us not to lose faith. It's up to us to stay and praying without ceasing and being thankful. God is in control. There's a joy in that. The creator and sustainer of the universe has promised you that if you trust in Jesus Christ, if you accept, believe, and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Not only will you be saved, but verse 23 says that you will be sanctified through and through. You will be made holy through and through body, mind, soul. Every part of yourself will be made whole, sanctified, holy. Man, that means that one day that you will make your current posture equal to your future position. I know that may sound like heavy, but I, man, I remember a professor saying that, that our current posture is that we are in lack, we are in need, we, feel, we have sorrow and pain, but our future position, one day they will match, one day they will be together. And there's a great joy in that. For right now, if you are saved, you wear the robes of a king, but you're not a king. So you don't look like a king. You don't act like a king all the time. The, the blood of Jesus covers you, but we don't act that way all the time. We don't move that way all the time. But one day there's going to come a time where his promises will come fulfilled that we won't have to just wear a robe that it will be mashed together. New mind, new body, new soul, new, new body all together, holy, sanctified. The spirit will reunite us with a glorified body in a new heaven, in a new earth, in a new eternity. What joy there is of that, of heaven to come, for the future Christmas to come, the second coming of Christ. Verse 24 says, and he will do it. He is going to do it. That's a joy of Christmas future, that joy that comes in security, that joy that comes in assurance, that joy that comes in the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. My question is, will you receive this king that came as a baby that first Christmas morning, that first Christmas night? If you will, if you do that, you will have the joy of Christmas past. If you do that, you will have the joy of Christmas present. If you will receive Jesus, you will have the joy of future Christmases. But it all hinges on Christmas season. It all hinges on the Advent. All hinges on will you receive the joy of salvation that Jesus Christ gives you. And it's beyond being a baby in a manger. For this baby became the man. This baby lived a perfect life. This baby is a savior to us all. My question is, do you accept it, believe, and confess that? Do you say, I need that in my life? I need deliverance from my sin and that I have put my faith in Jesus Christ so that my eternity will forever be changed. And it's all because of the filled prophecy of Christmas morning, of Christmas night, of that silent night, of the joy to the world, of that little town in Bethlehem, Oh, the angels sing of that future joy to come. If you have never received that, 
If you have never accepted and believed and confessed that Jesus is Lord, you have opportunity right now. You have opportunity anytime, but right now I'm going to pray. If you want to receive that, say, I need that in my life. I need that. If that is you, I'm going to pray for us uh, before we move into a time of tithes and offerings. So you receive that message and give your life to Christ and have that Christmas joy, have that Christmas love, and that Christmas hope, and that Christmas faith. Let us pray. God, we thank you. We thank you for your word. Oh, God, I thank you for your, your presence coming to this world where the word became flesh and dwelled among us over 2,000 years ago. And God, you are the sustainer and author of, author of life. And God, there's some of us who, who are rooted in saying, yes, I want that. I want joy at all times. I can look at the past and have joy and the present have joy and the joy of the future. And God, a lot of times that's difficult. God, work on us not to have a spirit of, of fear, have a spirit of anxiety, a spirit of feeling like we're in lack or a spirit of doubt, that, but we will move in spirit of truth and a spirit of grace and a spirit of accepting who you are in our lives, Lord, and a spirit of joy and hope and love and faithfulness, regardless of the circumstances we're in. But God, there will be some who view this who have been on the fence. There's some that's currently online. There's some that will watch this later, Lord, who have never put their faith, their full life. They may have it, knowledge in their head, but they have it in their heart, Lord, the transformation that you want to make, taking from old to new. And Lord, if there's anybody here, I pray, Holy Spirit, move and, and, and convict, Lord, that you move and say, I'm knocking. I stand at the door and knock. Will you let me come be Lord of your life? Now, there's anyone there, what you pray in, in your heart and mind, you pray a prayer that says, Lord, I, I accept that Jesus is Lord. I accept that there's a God. I accept that the Bible is true. And I believe that Jesus came to this world through the virgin birth of, through Mary and lived a perfect life. And the Lord had the perfect death and the perfect resurrection on the cross. And I confess I'm a sinner. I confess that I have fallen short of your standard, of your love, how to love you and love others and love myself and to hold to the, to the way you've called me to love you with all my heart, mind, body, soul, and strength and to love my neighbor and myself. I have failed. And that sin separates us, God. I acknowledge that. I confess that. But I confess Jesus is Lord, that he died on a cross. He shed his blood, giving the perfect sacrifice, the perfect shedding of blood. That's what it takes to cover our sins. And Lord, I believe that by confessing that I'm delivered from my sins. And Lord, that I will have my eternity be with you. I place my faith in you and make you Lord of my life. Lord, just come and speak. Move. I thank you for the Christmas story. You look at that and have hope from it. You're a great God. We thank you, we thank you, we thank you. Yes, all these things in Jesus' name, amen. If that is you, if this resonates with you for the first time or the second, or you need to recommit your life or whatever it may be, I ask that you tell somebody, that you put it in the comments, that you message me, you message somebody from FCC or a friend I invite you or dion at bowiecitychurch.com. Let us know that you have made a decision to follow Christ for the first time, a recommitment, or you need more information. Please let us know if you want to respond to this message today. As we're going to move and give an opportunity for a time of, of, of offering that this is just an extension of worship. 
and know that when you do give, you don't give to a church, you give through a church. You're not giving to me, you're not giving to this building, you're not giving, not none of that. You give to the church so the church can go and do what God has called it to do. And we give you opportunity to do that. You can do that online. Uh, you can go to either website, buoycitychurch.com, or you can go to First Christian's website as well. You can go to, go to Give. They have an opportunity for you to give, a way to give there. You also can download an app called Tithely, T-I-T-H-E dot L-Y, and look up Bowie City Church, and you can give that way through an app. Or you can do old school snail mail tradition, and both mailing addresses are on the websites if you want to give. But it's an extension of your worship. And I encourage you to give not only to the church, but in other ways too. It's giving back to God what he's given to you. So this is an opportunity to do that. I want to pray for, the, for that, and then we're going to move uh, into a, a closing worship song. But stick around, because when we come back from the worship song, we're going to tell you about Christmas Eve service. Let's pray. God, once again, we come before you, recognize you as God. And God, we know that you have given us all the resources that we have, because you are the ultimate source. And God, you've called us to give back to you. If it's through tithe, if it's through offering, however you've called us to give, we need to do it. So God, ever, what's ever given through digital format or through, if it's a mail, Lord, that you would bless it tenfold. That it would go to meet the, the needs of the missionaries, local, like uh, someone like myself who works here in Prince George's County, to parts of the world that some of us would never be able to go to, but you've called people to go. Lord, that we would be able to minister to them, to give to them in a way that will bless them to do the calling that you've called them to do. Lord, as we partner with the Bowie Food Pantry and the families in need and take care of the things that it does need to, to take care of the lights and bills and things of that sort, Lord, that you would give the people the call to give the way you've called them to give. God, we thank you for this opportunity to give. and We enjoy and sing in worship of, of, of this Christmas carol as we worship you. That's all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Awesome, 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 awesome. Uh, just want to make an announcement about Christmas Eve. So what we're doing in Christmas Eve service, uh, to let you know that we're not going to be able to be in person uh, because of the restrictions that have been placed for the betterment of, uh, of health for the public. So what we're going to do, we're going to have an online Christmas Eve service. It's going to be at 6 o'clock. It will be on Facebook and it will be on YouTube. Um, and it will be less than an hour. It will be you know, from 6 to 7. What we're encouraging you to do is... You know, dress together, put on your Christmas pajamas, or or put on your like you're going to a Christmas Eve service. Uh, I know some families let their kids wear their pajamas to Christmas Eve service, and some families dress to the nines. But I encourage you, if you want to, to make it feel like you're going to a Christmas Eve service. It'll be six o'clock, um, and we're looking forward to it. We'll be doing some some things a little different. The format of the service won't be how we normally do a sermon on Sunday morning. Uh, so do that. Be willing to share it. Uh, we, we still have opportunity for you to be a part of the Christmas Eve service. So if you wanted to sign up for the readings that we're doing for Christmas Eve, please let me know. You can email me at dion at buoycitychurch.com and let us know that you want to be able to uh, be part of that. Um, if you don't, that's fine, but you need to let me know today or tomorrow is the latest so we can get you recorded. If you want to send in a recording, let us know. I will tell you how you can do that. You can't send one large file. It has to be done in a certain format so we can actually use it. So if you will like to participate in that, do that. And then lastly, we do want everyone to participate. We would love for everybody to put their phone up and to say, Merry Christmas from whatever family. Very easy. Merry Christmas from the blank family. Send that to Dione at BowieCityChurch.com. Send it on Facebook. Just send it to us in any way you can. That way we will put it all together. It's going to look beautiful. So we want you to be a part of the service since we're not going to be together uh, as normal, what will happen. So those are two ways. You can do a reading, you and your family together, and I'll send you the directions how to do that, or we can come to your house and record it. But we would like everybody to just do a short Merry Christmas from blank family. And then, man, we're going to put, do something cool with that. So that's the opportunity you have. Six o'clock on Christmas Eve, which is Thursday, 6 p.m. Be online, be ready on uh, Facebook or YouTube. And we're going to do Christmas Eve together. Uh, and then we'll have our normal service uh, the following Sunday. You guys be blessed. We look forward to those who will participate. It's going to be a great service. We've got a lot of work to do, but it's awesome to do it to provide something great and special, unique for Christmas Eve. Be blessed. If you need anything, reach out to us and know God is with you wherever you go and that he'll be on the tip of your tongue and the forefront of your mind. And we will see you Christmas Eve. God bless.